This past 4th of July weekend was one of the most violent across the United States in recent history. Chicago, 13 killed, including 7-year-old and a 14-year-old. New York, 11 killed. St. Louis, 7. And even in Baton Rouge, two were killed with at least six wounded from gun violence. Helen Riley writes in her new article in The Federalist, Senator Bernie Sanders wants to take federal funds away from any police department that has violated the civil rights of the citizens they serve. The Minneapolis City Council agreed with calls from Representative Elon, Eon, however you pronounce her damn name, Omar, to disband the city's police department and unanimously passed a resolution to replace the police with a community-led public safety system. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti seeks to cut about $150 million from his police budget, and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that he would slash the city's police department budget as well. Despite all these actions, some leftists are engaging in word gymnastics by stating that defund really means reform. Yet, in a New York Times op-ed titled, Yes, We Mean Literally Abolish the Police, Maryam Kaba, an activist and anti-crime organizer, clarified for Americans what defund the police means. Kaba writes, we don't want to just close the police departments down. We want to make them obsolete. Welcome to the Freeman Report, uncensored. I want to welcome everybody to uh, today's discussion. It is about defunding the police, reforming the police, reimagining or reengineering. There's been many words bannered about, but uh, I've got two gentlemen lined up today that really looking forward to the discussion. And my first guest is the president of the Capital Area Law Enforcement Foundation, known as Caliph, and he is the executive director of the Louisiana State Board of Private Investigators. He grew up in Baton Rouge, attended Redemptorist High in LSU, and from 2001 to 2004, he served as the chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. Welcome, Pat Inglis. Thank you, Kenny. Pat, uh, just a quick question to you. The, the, the private investigators, do they still call them dicks, or is it just uh, just PIs? Some of them are called <laughs> Just curious about that. I never really understood where the name came from, but anyway... My other guest also grew up in Baton Rouge, attended Broadmoor High, and is a 1984 graduate of LSU with a BS degree in construction engineering. Upon graduation, he moved to Atlanta, where he worked for several large commercial construction form firms before deciding to return home to Baton Rouge and start his own construction firm. He is the CEO of MAP Construction. He serves on the boards of several organizations here locally and is a well-respected businessman in Baton Rouge community. And, Michael, I understand you're looking to reform. As you've said, you have reformed the Group A6, and we may get into that a little bit later. So welcome, Mike Polita. Glad to have you here as well. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Very good. Okay. Um, so I want to read you all something real quick, and then we'll jump into the, to the meat of the subject here. Our mission of the Baton Rouge Police Department is to serve the Baton Rouge community to prevent crime and to promote the safety and well-being of all. It goes on to say a little bit more, but I guess, Pat, one, one word to me is, or, or one little comment here, and I'd ask you to kind of really give us 
as being a former chief of police, what exactly is the responsibility and the focus of the police? But also, how do you prevent crime? Well, it depends on what crime you're talking about. If you talk, I mean, there's, as we know, there's a ton of different crimes. If you talk about violent crime, that's com- that's a whole new subject, and I, I'm I'm assuming that's what you're going to discuss. Well, it's more really, I think we're going to talk a little bit about crime, but it's more where are we headed in this country right now with police? I mean, there's a, there, just like I read at the beginning, there's an outcry for defunding, and then some, you know, even, even Joe Biden came out, and I'm not, I'm not playing politics here, but he did come out and say a couple of weeks ago, hey, yeah, we need to defund the police. Then he comes back and says we need to reform. And so I think there's a movement to not necessarily defund, although I think there's a faction that wants to defund, but there's also a movement, and I think this is where, you know, Michael may come back in, is more reform, and I think we want to talk more about that than the violent crime itself, but to me, what is the responsibility of the police as, as you see it and you know it from the past? To protect the citizens that, that you should serve uh, in any capacity, whether it be, uh, you know, Trying to live their lives every day and 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 trying to keep themselves keep them safe as you can. Now, I think that's your responsibility, and uh, you know with that comes uh, just getting out into community and and building relationships. And I think that's the key to solving crimes, as far as I'm concerned. I, I spent a lot of time uh, as a detective when I worked with the Baton Rouge Police Department. Me and Greg Ferris worked together for. A lot of years together in robbery and homicide, and we probably saw the worst of the worst during those times. And uh, so we, we have a good idea of what it takes to, to go in there and do what you need to do to, to, to start solving those crimes and building trust in the community. And uh, both of us had a pretty decent record uh, when we were chiefs. Our, our clearance rates were up in the 80s uh, on homicides, which is way more than the national average. And, uh, and we, we tried as hard as we could to protect people in those neighborhoods where violent crime was occurring. Okay. So that, that, is that kind of along the lines of community-oriented policing where, you're, you're, like you said, you're going into the communities, or is that a different? I think community policing, to me, is a little bit different. Uh, the idea, the original idea was we're going to get out of our car, we're going to go house to house and talk to people, and, and we're going to find out what they need from the police. I think it's impractical or impossible probably because you can't do that in a city like Baton Rouge where these guys in a 10-hour shift are handling 12 calls and 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 that's you know, they don't have time to breathe. So practically speaking it's it's almost impossible to do that. I think what community policing is is how you deal with the public in any encounter you have with them whether it be for a traffic ticket or a wreck or a victim of a crime. Uh, I've always thought that you can, within several seconds of approaching somebody, you can make a friend or you can make an enemy. It depends on how you speak to people. And we stress that a lot is trying to build that rapport with people so they don't see you as a heavy gun-toting dude. They see you more as somebody that's willing to help them and and understand their problems. Okay, that's that's great, and I think we're, we're somewhat lost that in the community itself, but clearly there are some bad cops out there, and I have not heard one person say that they do not disagree that what happened to George Floyd was horrific, but now it has created a movement, or should I say it's really reignited a movement uh, against mm-hmm. police as a whole. I think we're starting to see some of that, and in New York, either yesterday or the day before, a guy was just pummeled, several of them were, 
Mm. Um, you know, but what needs to be done to improve policing in our country? And what I mean by that is something like the George Floyd incident not occurring again. Many across the country are calling for reimagining or reengineering of police departments to a more of a public safety department. I mean, Michael, how do you, is that kind of where you're going or gathering information to see that? How do you see really the police in the future working? Just asking you. No, I, I get it. I'm, I'm certainly not the guy to answer that question. But, um, you know, I got, I guess I really got focused on the policing issue uh, four years ago with the Alton Sterling. I saw that, you know, that hit home, right? That was in Baton Rouge. We see these events occur across the country. We're sort of removed from that. Um, at least we felt like we were. And <clears throat> that got me. So what I did was I said, look, I don't know anything about it, period. It's just not my world. still not my world. So I went and I met with Greg Ferries and I met with the district attorney and I met with prosecutors and I met with uh, criminal defense attorneys. I met with a couple of police officers um, and I tried to understand the quote unquote people in that business, that industry. And first I wanted to understand was, you know, whether or not it was a, a bad shooting or whatever you want to call it. But setting that aside, um, it just got me um, interested in how we could have a better uh, police department. And I, better is not the right word. You, you said it best. We're going to have bad cops, and uh, so we got to try and figure out how to, to limit those and so that they're serving the public. And, of course, what you get from the public and a lot of people that are just complete, you can't, you know, some people you can't talk that there's a bad cop. So... Um, you know, because the, the cops are untouchable, the, you know, the back to blue, back to blue, which is I'm, I'm a big supporter of uh, the police department and the sheriff's department. But anyway, um, so I don't, you know, I, uh, this defund the police thing was curious to me and is because that sounded a little bit uh, unusual. So I tried to do the same thing I did in 2016. I tried to learn about it. And it, obviously, you know, the Democrats – um, have a bad way with words. <laughs> they, don't, they don't do a good job with what they, they're really thinking they're going to do. And defunding the police, unless you're really the radical far-left anarchist uh, who says we don't need a police department, what I understand they're really trying to do is, is they, they want, and, and, if it, and, and I think some of it's probably not a bad idea. So I would say if you could take some of the load off of the policeman, the, if the policeman is responsible, you know, like right now, is the policeman responsible for making sure everybody's wearing a mask? You know, just think about the extra load that we put on them, and, and, and whether it's a civil dispute or whether, uh, you know, those are the kind of things that I think you, you try and take off of their plate so that every 911 or every call is not a, a police call. Um, and, so that's, and so does that mean that you defund them or you take money away from them. I, you know, I personally believe we underpay cops in Baton Rouge um, specifically, that they need to be paid more. And yeah, so, we're going to get into that in a little bit, so, but I understand but that, that. I do think that there's some things that they could probably do less of um, as opposed to, uh, you know, you say that they're handling 12 calls in an hour. Well, what are those 12 calls? Are they – Two or three of those calls, something that they don't need to do. And I, I don't know that, but you read, and, and that's uh, to me, that's what 
most of the people now, there's there's a lot of people that would take it much further than that, and you know have, have every you know and take that money and give it to social programs, and and I'm not so sure that's exactly the way to handle it. it seems like we got enough money in social programs and and whatnot. So I would try to, if it was me, I would try to lessen the burden on the police. Well, it kind of leads me to a question, if I can, about, um, you know, and it, and it actually happened the other day, I guess, uh, two, two policemen reported and responded to a, uh, a domestic violence in McAllen, Texas, right outside of McAllen, Texas. Both were killed, from what I understand, mm. and the gentleman that shot him ended up shooting himself, committing suicide. Mm. But I, I'm hearing part of this reformation, so to speak, or like you're saying, and I don't disagree. Pat knows better what the 12 calls are. Could there be others sending things out, um, you know, as far as, but my question would be, because there's been a call for, hey, domestic abuse calls, let's send a social worker out there as opposed to a cop. Pat, how do you feel about that? Well, that's probably the worst call you can send a policeman on. Uh, If we could, I tell you, if the police could get rid of it, they would... (laughs) damn well get rid of it because you don't win in that situation. I've been, I fooled with domestic cases when I was at the police department. And the first five minutes you get there are very volatile where anything can happen. I mean, it's, it, it's, they're all, the energy's there. Everybody's mad. Uh, you know, they, they've spit at each other and, and cussed each other and emotions are running crazy. You try to get in the middle of them and divide them up. And, you know, and now everybody in this world today there's almost a mandate that you have to separate those people because there were times when we would leave those people together. And then when you leave five minutes later, somebody kills somebody. So now they're dragging people. It's the mandate to get one of them out of there so something bad doesn't happen. I'm not sure you can put a non-law enforcement person in that position. Uh, well, could, I, could you, though, send maybe, a, again, a social worker back, like, like you know, instead of maybe two, two policemen at one time, maybe a... What happens social. if it goes to hell? Well, I, I don't know. That's why I'm, 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 that's, the, that's the question. Because you got a policeman that, that's, first of all, he's there to protect those people that are in that argument. Then he's got to protect himself from anything that goes wrong. Now you're going to give him another responsibility to protect his social worker. So what? where does he, you know, I... I yeah, I, I don't know that, uh, I mean, I... I say I don't know that domestic abuse is the is the right thing to take off their plate or not. I mean, it, it it's it's a matter of I know that they're doing things that are not the most important things, uh, civil cases that they're serving things on. I mean, so you know, and again, I'm not an expert on it, but there's I know that there's things that we could take off of their plate. Uh, there has to be. Um, there, you know, we haven't we haven't created the perfect police department nor will we, and so we haven't created the perfect system. So there's certainly some changes that we could do. And you put the, you put the great minds in the room. You put Pat and you put Greg and you put uh, Murphy uh, and you get um, LaDuff in a room and you say, what can we take off the plate? What can we do? And well, you Mike, do it. We, I think now we, that's, I think now that's, we've that's, all that's tried def- that. That's what I'm, when I say defund, and I'm not the one that came up with defund, obviously, and I don't agree with that language, is – to limit their roles so that they would not be, because look, that's a stressful job, and they're not getting paid enough. So I would say, in, in, try and take something off their plate. I don't know what that would be, but brighter minds can figure that out. But if we just keep going along to get along, I, I'm more focused on how do you 
reform the existing policemen in the system so that they are not, um, that the bad cops get weeded out before you have the big event. Now, you can't prevent it, we, but it would seem like to me that if we did a few things, then at least when the event happens, because uh, it's going to happen, um, you would not have this over, you know, this this tremendous reaction in the community that it was a, a murder, it was a, you know, or that everybody's a bad cop and all these protests. So that, that we got to do something to improve the system in both instances. Yeah. I, I think that's in place, and, and it's up to the police chief to use that system the way he sees fit. I have made this statement a million times to groups that I've spoke to and everybody else. The most important job of a police chief is who he hires. Question nothing. I mean, it is absolutely because you give them a gun and say, go kill somebody if you need to. It's no more important job in the world. So when you're doing that job of recruiting and hiring police officers, you better go to the to the the highest level you can go. And all those things are in place, unless recently they've not in place. But here's the problem today. Everything that's happened in this country has led to Nobody wanting to be a policeman no more. When I was chief, we would put six or 800 candidates in a testing facility to test for police police officer. They can't get 30 today. So what are you getting out of that 30? You can call 30 really good officers out of 600. How are you going to get 30 out of 30? Because that's what take basically our academy class is 30 people in that, in that area. So... If your pool is 30, <laughs> what are you getting out of that? And let me tell you what, you hire a bad one, it's on you. You own it. And and I think any police chief better take that seriously because when I hired them, there's psychological testing, there's tremendous background checks. I mean, you put them through a through – a, if you're doing it right, you're putting them through every process you can to ensure that you got the best one. And I used to, at the end of it, after this – after Michael went in and went through every process, physical, psychological, shot his gun, did everything he should have done, and before he became a policeman, I wanted to look at him in the eye and say, okay, tell me what you're going to do out there. Tell me, explain to me what you want to do as a policeman. What, what is your goal? And looking somebody in the eye was always important to me because then we have that connection together. So... I don't know what they're doing today. I know they're struggling with recruiting, so you, so that's going to lend itself to, you know, the quality that you have out there now. And and I think every police chief will tell you exactly that same thing. You've got to have that pool to grab the good people. And in business, you know that. You know, well, we I think both of us can speak. We got we got similar problems somewhat in business. Um, you know, and look, let me, let me clarify something too, right up front. That that you know, we we've all. At least Michael and I have said that there are bad cops out there. We know it. Look, there's bad lawyers out there. That's there's right. bad doctors. There's bad contractors. Right. So we're not just picking on on the police at this point. I mean, there are bad in just I about every industry out you. there. I, and you but just pick them out and you get rid of them. You know. Well, okay. And so we're we're going to get into that a little bit too. But but um, you know, as I stated at the outset, there are some that truly wanted to fund the police. I haven't heard so much that cry here in Baton Rouge as I've heard yeah. when the, when the Minneapolis City Council votes unanimously to basically defund the police. That that that's scary to me. I mean, I want to think I'd want to live in Minneapolis, but 
But isn't that what, what and, and, and look, I'm not, I agree with you, but as I appreciate what they're doing or what they want to do, and, and I haven't, I try not to read a whole lot about Minneapolis, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, is that they're, they're wanting to shut it down and restart it isn't that, and then recreate it into something else. What they're calling basically, Michael, a public safety department. So I think that's, that's, you know, that's what they're looking at. And I think Mm -hmm. others are looking at the same thing. And look, when de Blasio agrees to cut $1 billion, $1 billion out of their police department, you know what the, you know what the operating budget is for East Baton Rouge Parish for 2021? A billion a billion dollars. I know you know that. We've yep. had a discussion. Yep. Matter of fact, I've got it right here, but it's uh, I went through it. And so that's look, for the whole city. That's for the that's for the whole parish. I mean, that that is Mayor Broom's operating budget is a billion, and yet in New York he wants to cut out a billion. So just as a police, of course he's know. got thirty five thousand police. Well, no, no, no. Look, I I, I fully agree different. with that. But what's his total budget? That I don't, I didn't, I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> but what 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 is the what is? And I know you know this again too, because you've gone through this budget like I have. But in East Baton Rouge, we're, we're talking Baton Rouge City Police here, because yeah. as you know, we got East Baton Rouge, right. and but the the Baton Rouge Police Department, their budget is ninety three million, and that's that's just a little over nine percent of the total budget. So I don't know mm-hmm. if we can cut out anything when the starting pay is about 34000 for the men and women that become policemen. You know, they're the people that put their lives yeah, on the line every day. You mentioned both of y'all, we need to pay a little more. Yeah, I think they need to be paid a lot. So, but, and I, I looked at that budget a couple of months ago whenever Pat and I were going back and forth on <laughs> Facebook. And, I, you know, I, I agree. I mean, and again, I don't, you know, how do you, how do you get – them more money and you know pat has been very vocal that there's it's very hard to do because it becomes a recurring expense and where did, where does it come from and and the problem now is if you went to the city i mean if you went to the citizens and said let's take a vote on paying cops more you probably get you probably lose right i mean uh, at right now and and It'd be uh, tough. It'd be tough right now and and and, and uh, but you might win i mean timing is everything timing is everything um, and in a, in a presidential election, you might win it here in East Baton Rouge. Well, yeah, we got an election coming up, yeah. you know, very soon too. So, but, so you got to pay them more, and so we got to figure that out. And I, I think that goes back to just a budgeting issue: is you got to figure out what your priorities are. And here's the reality: is if you don't have a good police department and a good sheriff, uh, whatever, and, and, and we can talk about combining those, maybe that would be an, a, a potential answer, but. If you if you have if you don't have good public safety, I'm not trying to use the Minneapolis. That's word. okay. That's all right. I mean, <laughs> if you I don't have it, saying, yeah. you can't do business. And if you can't do business, you're not going to be around very often and, and for long as a city. I mean, we have to, as a business person, you you have to have uh, solid public safety to be able to do business. And, and think about it. If it, if you don't have it. You can look around and see what happened across the country. Baton Rouge was fortunate, and I don't say fortunate. I think we had good leadership in the, in the uh, black community, uh, keeping the protests. And they've done it now uh, twice with Alton Sterling and with George Floyd. They've done a good job of uh, making their protests peaceful and uh, manageable and uh, getting their voice heard but not destroying property and creating bigger problems. Now, obviously, the, the guy came into town 
yeah, out there and, and killed the cops right, in 16. Right. But that, that wasn't the locals. Um, so we have to be proud of that. I think Baton Rouge has handled it very, very well. Look, I don't, I don't argue that at all. I think you're right. I think we have for the most part. But what, what I'm concerned about now is, again, the other day, the, the two guys that were uh, driving for 54 minutes on a police chase, I mean, they, you know, they had 54 minutes to pull over, not, not five or ten. They drove through neighborhoods, put some people at risk. They were probably lost. Well, I'm sure they were lost, yeah. Okay, let's say they were lost, regardless. And then, and then there's a picture that's floated on social media with the 17-year-old where it looked like, and it did look like from one angle, there was no doubt that he had his neck, I mean, he had yeah. his knee on the neck. And everybody jumped to that conclusion, even yep. including the mayor, saying, I think uh, she said the other day that, that regardless of, of what's it, you know, we've got a problem here. Yeah. Yet the picture, the other picture, a different angle, shows it was on his back, and we right. find out that that is plop, you know, proper police procedure. But there's, there's, I, I'm really concerned about now we're, we're going to jump to reaction more than just waiting to see and let it play out a little bit. So I, I do, but I yep. do think. Um, you know that I, I look when I saw the the video, the first video I saw, and I, I you know was the one where the young man gets out the car with his hands up, and and then they take him down, and and uh, from that angle, it looks like the knee is on the neck, and I have not seen, I've only seen a an image, one image of the knee on the back, so you know you say, well that that looks pretty solid, like God knew what he was doing. But, um, you know, and I hadn't seen the whole video from that perspective, but um, I certainly don't think we should be, you know, it's easy to jump to conclusion in the George Floyd deal, right? That was pretty pretty easy, pretty obvious. Yeah, to, no, to, no question. You know, I don't think anybody any, would argue with that. And even then you have to, you know, he has the right to a fair trial and all that. But, yeah, but so, I, you know, I don't know what happened on that uh, chase and, uh, and, uh, and the knee in the back thing. And, look, I don't, I don't want to get into this particular aspect, but, I mean, just one thing that really bothers me. Again, you had you had 4th of July weekend, two were killed. Last night, two were killed, and, there, and there's no outcry for that. Well, that's not really the topic today. Maybe we come back and talk about that. But there's just I'm just concerned within the community that there's no outcry for these murders. And, and, and you know, we'll talk towards the end about the Plank cops Road. Too. Yeah, well, well, cops, but so, you know, they both occurred in the Plank Road area. I think there was 100 to 150 shell casings, as you said, in one incident. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just they were just going at it. But that's a, that's a little bit sidebar for, for what we're getting about. So, Pat, I'm going to ask you, how much training does a, a city police officer really get before you put them out on the streets? A and, lot. And yeah, a lot. They, I think they still do it. There's a... There's, it's called a post course, which mandate what, what the state mandates the law enforcement officer has to go through, and I think Baton Rouge always has over, exceeded that by at least a month every time, adding in more things to just ensure that everybody understands. So I think the training aspect of, of BRPD is very good. I, I, I know the trainers, I know the people that instruct; they're good. Uh, you know, there's a lot of legal advice that's given during this thing. I mean, they're, they they give they're given the tools they need during that. Then it's for them to put those tools to use that when they get out there. And and to be honest, it's, it's usually the individual and, and how he adapts to uh, you know his job role out there. And and you'll find out pretty quickly uh, whether they're going to be a good or a bad one. It, it, you can you know there are guys in BRPD right now that are. Toward retirement, 
that if I hear their name, it's only because I got to think about them because they work for me actually. But they sat there and just did their job every day. They mm-hmm. they didn't. They're not flashy. They didn't get in trouble every day. They just served the public every day. And when those guys walk away, you, you kind of feel bad because look, he's you know he did what he's supposed to do every for thirty years of his career and and never got himself in in a bad position. And you can almost look at his personality, and and it fits because his demeanor was that of you know. I'm going to try to find resolution before I Problem pull out that gun. You know, that's yeah, – and, and I good, think today good. with – and I think there's a lot of influences today, Kenny, to be honest with you. You look every day, we got a policeman killed in this country by ambush or walking up to a door and they just blast them. And so is everybody just hyped up thinking? I mean, here you had an incident where, where uh, well, he was a sergeant. He actually worked for me, Hudo. They're going to a house, walking around the side of the house looking for this guy who'd already killed somebody. And when they hit the back of the house, this guy opens up on, on them with, you know, with a two-two-three, and and just he just unloads a clips uh, the clip on them. And nobody really expects that thing to happen, you know. I mean, but now everybody's stepping on their tiptoes all the time, not knowing who's going to come out of a car or. or so there's no ordinary stop or call anymore because you just don't know what you're going right. to face when you get there. That's the uncertainty of but it. But it's a, look, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I, I've known you for a long time. I know some others that are in there. I knew LaDuff. Um, and it's not just the chief of police. I know some of the policemen themselves, as, as Michael does too. Like he said, he's gone and talked to them. I, I, it's got to be a, just a stressful job every day. You know, when I get up and I'm going to – to little old Petron over there, I, know, I don't. I don't ever think I'm going to be faced with this or that. And I think when you're going to map, you know, or, or we're going to places downtown or whatever, we're not. We're not faced with that. Whereas these individuals, you know, men and women, get up every day, like you're saying, they go to a door, they don't know what they're going to face. Right. So I, I just that's that's wow, it's just some training. But Michael, you you brought up a point, and so I'm going to ask both of you. The question is for both of you here: Would East Baton Rouge be better off? was just having one policing unit. I mean, as you know, right now we have Baton Rouge City Police. We have the Central Police. So I'm talking about the parish itself. We have Baker Police. We have the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Department. I really never understood what they do, but we have the constable's office. I see these constable cars driving all around, and I'm going, that's got to take money as well. Exactly. So do, do, do you think, and, and, and Michael, I'll start with you because you, you brought it up, uh, Personally, I'll tell you, I think we do need to consolidate. 100%. But I think it would save some money and maybe get better. You know, like you're talking about, really hard to recruit right now. Maybe if you had one central location, uh, one central department, and and then went from there, there'd be more money. You might have better training, and so not better training, but better officers and stuff like that. So, Pat, what 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 do you think about that? I've been asked that question like eight million times. <laughs> I can't imagine how many times. And, and, and I'm telling you, from a practical standpoint, it makes sense. It really does. I and I'm gonna catch some heat from that, but but <laughs> but it it does make sense to me that that we're unified under one group, and and you make that one person who's heading that is responsible for all these people underneath him, and you're not mixing. You know you, the sheriff can go in Zachary, the sheriff can go in Central, he can go in Baker, he can go wherever he wants to go. He has the authority. He's the chief law enforcement officer for the East Baton Rouge Parish. So he can go in any one of those places and take over an investigation 
uh, if he needs to. Usually they don't do that because it's just a courtesy issue, but a lot of these smaller departments are not equipped to handle certain right. investigations, to be honest with you. And there's things above what they do. And, and I think that would lend itself because you could form – one hell of an investigative group out of if you include all these people together and you'd have the best of the best. Look, I'm not stuck on principle. I, I you know, when it comes to, well, you know, we're not going to get in their business right. I, I, I think what we need to do is improve law enforcement for this parish and whatever that means. I mean, if St. George. Goes well, into that's effect. another one, that's, yeah. That's that. a whole nother. But I'm just going to say, are you going to build a police department out there? I mean, when they did Central, they called me, and they said, what do you think about us having a police department? I said, it's the worst idea I've ever heard of in my life. I said, have you realized what you're going to pay for that? And they did it anyway. I think they have to have a police chief. But what his role should have been was to work with the sheriff's office and make sure that that city's covered and not try to build a police department with it. Because you can't do it. You don't have the funds to do it. Policing is very, very expensive. And, uh, you know, it, Well, and it, I think that's why some are looking for consolidation there. It is expensive. And maybe if we consolidated, there might be more money and be able to pay more. I know the sheriff start off a lot more than what the city police people do as far as pay. Not a lot more, but they certainly. Yeah, state you police kind of sets the. <laughs> That's State police standard. is getting yeah. all the money, right? Yeah. Now, well, I, they got the gambling I, aspect yeah, of it. So. Right. Yeah. No, I look. I think it's a no-brainer. But that, you know, like I say, from a from an outsider looking at it, you say, mm-hmm. "Well, wait a minute. Why do we have? We really have eight. Think it is when you add LSU and uh, yeah. Southern, Southern and, yeah. and the state police. So you have a bunch. Now I don't think you can get rid of Southern and LSUs. I don't. Uh, maybe you could. I don't know how that would work. But but I uh, and you certainly obviously state police are, are, are obviously going to do their deal. But there's got to be some ability to share some resources. You know that if the state police has. X amount of equipment. Maybe there's a way to share some of those resources. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of you know. Maybe the air, yeah. whatever the air issues are, can just be consolidated into state police, and you they can handle the air portion of it. And 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 then let's consolidate all of these units and and have one elected sheriff and and let them run the gig and and uh, and then and, and then see if you can't pay more. Um, you know, there's some reforms I think that. Nationally, they talk about it. I, the, the one thing, and, and I guess you'd, you'd also get rid of this um, this civilian board that, uh, or the civil service board that they have now that is, um, you know, that which I don't understand. I mean, there may be a reason for it other than just politics. But if a no, that's it. it politics. Okay. <laughs> but if there's no, a, that's it. But if there, if, if if Kenny, if you do something wrong. Um, and Pat arrests you, and you go to trial. You don't get to put your attorney on the jury. You get a represent representative, you get a, a good attorney. But if a police officer does something wrong, and the police chief fires him or the disciplines him, and it goes to this review board, he's got a he's got a representative sitting on the panel. 
um, and influencing the panel. Uh, no, he's got two. He's got two: the fire and the police union. Because they vote together. And and, and 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 look for how many years did he also have the head of the AFL-CIO yep. on there? Yep. So they had three votes before he even started with LSU and Southern's representative. So now that's changed. I do believe. I don't believe uh, um, um, Victor Busey and his and now his wife are no longer on there. Right, yeah. Friends no longer on there. It's my understanding, but. That just doesn't make sense to me. So yeah. that's that to me. That's a that's one we ought to. You ought to be the chief of police. See, I can't imagine <laughs> that. I, you know, yeah, how you, going how, to get you too. I mean, yeah. you're trying to well, get rid of. How do you run your business? You know, how do you run it? it? It's hard because you know you're telling telling me that I need to get rid of bad cops, right? But I I go to that board and I've I've done everything I can do to prove that this guy's bad, and I've done it. I've lost before on bad cops that I had to eat again because. That board ate my lunch. And Greg and I both tried to force Greg Ferris. When I say Greg, because Greg, I worked for Greg for nine and a half years as the chief of staff. And then I became chief. So Greg and I are very close, and we work a lot together. We tried to get them to agree to, to at least increase right. the number. Yeah. Give us seven. That, that gives us a bigger, you know. Like you said, you got two. All you got to do is get Fran, and it's over with. Yeah. I've lost. And, and you know and how she was going to vote. Yeah, so. you she well, just go. think about it, though, as, as well. We've all sat on boards, and yeah. we've all sat on committees. And if Mike Polito is the fourth out of five in that committee, and I don't know anything about policing or, you know, or whatever, and I don't know how the makeup is, but, you know, and if, this, if the police officer that's sitting there is explaining things to you in a manner that makes it look and like he's gonna influence then it's going to influence Absolutely. me. And, and, <laughs> and uh, that's just the reality of it. And uh, I just, I, you know, I was that when I did my little uh, listening tour in 16, I was shocked that we had set up a board that way. And it's the state legislature that has yeah. to change it. So we have to go. And it's one of the, we talked about A6, it's one of our projects is first to seek to understand whether or not that's a good idea, and then to see if we can't get it changed. So. Even worse than that was because we would appeal. I mean, we have that right. Yeah. So if I go appeal to, to who? The district court. Yeah. Okay. So the, court, so the, the, the civil service board says no. You got to rehire him. I say okay, bullshit. So I guess that's, I that's, that. no. Yeah, go ahead. We're wide open <laughs> and, here. And I say no. We're I just got to clarify that I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> we're going to appeal this to the district court. It, FCC. It has FCC. the same. It follows the same path as anything else. District court, appellate court, Supreme Court, if it has to. And we've been all the way to Supreme Court with certain cases, but you get in judges that seem to be reserved about changing. A decision of a board. Uh, board sure. They just don't want sure. to do It's it. like changing the jury Exactly. Verdict. They just and don't they, want and, to and, do it. And I get it. And so we got to change that. That's a no-brainer. And, uh, in, in, you know, I don't know. I'm sure I know why it's there is the same reason the, those billboards are up there. It's politics. <laughs> so, well, and, and, and look, I'm, I'm not anti-union. I'm, I'm not pro-union or anti-union in this case. But, you know, what you've just said, you've experienced it personally. Um, I mean, are unions part of the problem by yes. protecting their own? Well, and, and, and no matter I what the circumstances, I, I, I think they do. I think, the, look, I've, I've read a little history on the police unions. They used to not have police unions years ago. But I think it's a good thing that the, the, that they're represented. Well, I'm not questioning the representation, I but I think if there's a bad cop and the evidence shows that he's mm -hmm. bad and wrong, he's still protected. I, I, I can't tell you how many. The cat. The cat that's now their representative was uh, 
went through all the disciplinaries. He's had, a few, been he's probably had a few issues. He's had a few <laughs> issues, and he's sitting on the dadgum uh, jury. So I, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. And, and here's the thing. Think about that now. And look, we're three, we're three old white guys, right? <laughs> so we don't, you know, but if you're, if you're, uh, if you're black and you, first of all, you feel like the cops are against you yeah. and, 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 and legitimately or not, let's not go there. And then all of a sudden now the bad cop is that, that, that had all these run-ins, he's sitting on the jury. You just, that's how you just begin to think it's rigged. And, uh, and the reality is the unions need to, to, to play more fair. And you, you get the business that you and I are in, Kenny, we know what unions did. They overstepped, and they, they, they created uh, a corrupt business model for themselves, and they overstepped, and, and they were punished for it, not literally, but they, they're no longer as, uh, as, as big as they were in the construction industry. Um, well, certainly down here, I can tell you, and in other everywhere. parts, because, well, no, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I was president of a national association, yeah. and, and we, were, we were both, Michael, and I can, it, it, they're, they're lessening, but they yes. were, you go to Chicago, they're still pretty strong well, there. We build in Chicago, well, and they're very strong there, but, you know, they've, they've tamed themselves. They're not, you know, they're not focused on all the work rules and stuff that they used to be on, and, and we're getting off subject. Yeah, wanna, yeah. But the point is, I think a union, the model works from a, from, from a lot of standpoints, and I'm all for them and would support them. They need to get out of this business of trying to protect every cop. They need to stand up and they need to say, no, this guy does not belong in our police department. I, I can tell you a hundred conversations I've had with a union representative and and, and and the problem is if if they're feeling their oats and they and they do their politicking, you're almost forced to make concessions. And, and I know Greg had to do it a lot and I did too. We had they come in and said, we got the votes. So what are you going to do? Let's cut a deal. And that's what you end, they end up doing. You, you either took the chance and, and that was what you negotiated with the union, which I think look, I, I'm like you. I dealt with unions in the administration for 15, over 15 years while I was in administration. And they have a place there. They yeah, should negotiate right. wages, all those good things. But disciplinary stuff, you know, they got to pick and choose who they wanted to, to represent, which I thought was wrong. I, I think if you belong to the union, you know, but they would say, oh, no, hell no, I'm not representing that one on this one. So it, it got to be a little touchy in, in situations. So, yeah, I I probably have probably dealt with unions more than anybody yeah, <laughs> in Baton Rouge for a while because I dealt with, uh, and I was right in the middle of it with Joan DePola and, and Noel Salamone and every one of them, Chris Stewart, every one of them that ran the union at Man. one point or the other. Well, again, I don't think any of us are anti-union. They're certainly serving a purpose here, and, and uh, but maybe that's part of the reformation, or the, you know, reforming and everything else is, is looking at the union itself. But if you just did that one thing, got that board changed, it would, it would create a different dynamic, right? The police chief would have a little more control. By the same token, you want five very interested parties because you don't want an out-of-control police chief either, you know. Well, no, no. Here, here's what people don't think about. You're in the business of investigating. I mean, a police chief's in the business of investigating. So when he goes, 
He's pretty much got his stuff together. You know what I'm saying? He's not gonna. I'm not gonna take a chance on going to a civil service board with with some crazy half-ass case. Right. I I got my stuff in a row, and when I know I got that and still can't win, it's problem. And and there you eat the guy that you know in three (laughs) years. Is gonna he's gonna come back and bite you square on the butt. And the reality you know it's is, gonna happen. and that's the same thing. You, you know, you see it all the time in these incidences that are creating the stir that starts the conversation. There's always a history. The you know George, the guy who the show nineteen has nineteen incidents. Salamone that had, he you know, should have been flying well, years and, ago. Yeah, and, and I think Salamone had all up. kinds too. So you you know and. The, so I, that's where you're right. Those and that, are and the that's, kind of that's kind of that, why I brought it up. Is yes. is is the union? I think needs to police their own. No pun yes. intended there, but I think they need to police their own in a sense too. That if they're all, they need to weed them out. I think I you agree. even said you know weed them out, and and I think it would make everybody feel better. So I don't think they're gonna do that, Kelly. Well, <laughs> and that's and then so then so then the option, you know, is and, and look, I don't again, I don't know how all this works, but if you do consolidate. The sheriffs are not union, right? No. See, so if you consolidate into the sheriffs, you eliminate that issue. Um, well, that's one of the big issues of holding everything back is you got BRPDs under civil service. Right. And the sheriff's also at will. Yeah. The sheriff, if he didn't like what you look like today, you're fired. Yep. You're gone. BRPD, you have a, you have a right to, to appeal. So you gotta you got to mix that. But, if you, Kenny, you mentioned it earlier. That uh, or, or Mike, one of you did about uh, Minnesota. They just gonna blow it up. Well, that's practically what you'd have to do here if you want to consolidate everything. Blow it up and put it back together. And maybe that's what they mean. I mean, you well, could I, very well I be right. You know, I, we're gonna I, I look. We, that's like I said. One of the little A six projects is to figure out what exactly has to happen. Because if I had to guess, there's gonna have to ultimately be a vote of the people to do that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, as it's a plan of government yeah. issue, if I had to guess. Yeah. You probably have to have a vote in Central. You probably have to have a vote in Baker, uh, Zachary. Zachary has. Oh, I forgot has Zachary. That wasn't even so, on my list. So you, I mean, uh, yeah, you got, you got, well, Baker's got their own police too. Yeah. So, I mean, so you, you got probably gonna have to have a bunch of votes. But um, but look, even if you just can, could consolidate East Baton Rouge and uh, police department and the sheriff's office would be a big step. That's yeah. the two biggest, right? And um, you know that, but but anyway, those are, those are some okay. of the things well, that I, I think would be reforms that would be wonderful. All right. Well, look, we uh, I've kind of got one more question, really, for for more for Michael. But Pat, you can chime in on this as well, and then we'll depends just on how he answers it. Huh? It depends on. Well, how he no, no. It. This is this is a very he's answered he's answered he's answered softball. He's, he's answered half of it. One. He's really answered half of it already, and we we somewhat talked about it, but. You know, again, with the Minneapolis City Police Council unanimously, that still bothers me, but unanimously approves a proposal to eliminate the city's police department in hopes of establishing a new holistic, that seems to be the word here, approach to public safety. Others such as, you know, Mayor Laura Lightfoot of Chicago and Eric Garcetti of Los Angeles, and we all know what's happening in New York. We talked about that again with de Blasio, just a billion dollars, and they're going to move it into other community aspects, services and programs. I'm not sure what all that means. But anyway, what is a holistic approach to, to public safety, and how, how do you see that working? And, again, you, you touched on it. Um, I mean, is that more reforming or defunding the police, or is it, like you're saying, scratch and start from the no, – I, I don't think – I wouldn't – can't imagine you'd scratch and start from – over, but again, that may be the right thing. It would be great. Again, a little off topic is: wouldn't it be great if Minneapolis does that? 
and we try and figure out if it works. And we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> We're not the guinea pig. Yeah. I'm just saying, and hey, if it works, you say, okay, and experiment. We got 50 states. We have a whole bunch of cities. Some, let, let, them, let somebody else experiment. And if it works, we'll do it. Or we take the good and the bad from them, and then we'll do it. But to me, no, I, I look at it as totally reform. I, I'm not, uh, you know, I look at it more, my focus is more on the, the cop that doesn't need to have a badge and a um, and that, and and how do we find that sooner than later? And how do we prevent some of the cowboy cop things that we are seeing? And there's not a lot of them. I mean, you go. I mean, the reality is, when you really look at the statistics, this doesn't happen all that often. And you know, for for the type of stress that they're under, and the number of chances, and they the have number to of chances, when you start looking at it, it doesn't happen that often. But man, when it happens, you just cringe. That that should not happen in the United States of America. Right. Period. Right. And then you also know, you know, in our business we deal with safety, and we know that if you have two or three small incidences, it's gonna end, you're gonna end up with a bigger incident. And if you have two or three bigger incidences, you're gonna have a a, a, a death. And that's the, the statistics show you that. And so that's what we work hard on is not having the incidences. And that's the same thing here is that we know when we see a death, a a murder, or whatever you want to call it, that there have been hundreds of other incidences of abuse um, or, you know, I'm not, and I'm not against profiling. I think that's probably not a bad thing and probably gets a bad name. Obviously, it can be overused, but if there, if there are events that are just wrong, I mean, I, I told Pat, Pat and I had breakfast not too long ago, story, just me, Okay, I'm I'm driving. I, I'm, I drop off my son at Catholic High. I'm driving out on Arlington Street um, in Eugene. I, mean, I can't remember which street is Arlington. I guess comes out on Government Street, right in front of Baton Rouge High, and it's early, and so all the traffic is coming from the east to downtown, yeah. and there is not one car going um, going east, and so I'm trying to. Squeeze in, right? Take a left to go downtown. I'm trying to squeeze in, so I nudge out a little bit. Well, then I see a break, and when I see a break, I start to go, but the car across the street comes out, and so I stop. Now I'm stuck halfway in the middle of the road. <laughs> and, and, and no doubt, I, I probably broke a law. I don't know. Well, this cop is down by Boudreaux's. That Boudreaux's? Boudreaux, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. On Gum Street. And he steps on the gas. He comes hauling at, screeches, stops, and you know, to, to the side of me, gets out of his car, and comes yelling at me, "What in the hell are you doing out in the middle of the road?" Now, you know, is that the way he should have handled that? So you know, if he's no. doing that, what else is he doing? And 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 I'm not saying he look, he was right. I I was wrong. I mean, but there's a way to handle it. Like Pat says, is you de-escalate it, and you go find out, and you say. You know, sir, <laughs> could you maybe have not pulled out? I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how you should have handled it. But we know that there are abuses. We know we've got cops, and when we and so we've got to try and do that. And so I think that there, that if I if I could wave a magic wand, I'd get this civilian board uh, to be better. And I would, um, I, I you know, I, I want to research more about this qualified immunity thing. There yeah, seems yeah. to be a deal where they that. Uh, Maybe you're giving police too much of a reason not to worry. 
um, and I, I don't want to put a whole, an extra burden on them, but but um, it's something we need to look at. I don't know enough about it, but I, enough people in the industry tell me it's something that it that we but should. But at look least at. you're researching, you're trying right. to gather that information. But look, I guarantee you, when that cop pulled out, you see him coming straight at you, and he yeah. pulls up to you and says, "What you know? You, you didn't go. Let me tell you something, MF motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> you probably said yes, sir. Let me tell you what I did. And I, I think that's part of it too. The, the, the de-escalation is how you respond. Actually, when he's pulling, you, you were mad. Oh, I, I did. I told him. I told him. And you just dropped no, your son no, off no, at no, Calico. No, I did. I, I, I told him. I said. I told him. I said you need to. You need to calm down. You know, I, I was I was rude to him. I said, "Here's my here's my license. You don't need to talk to me that way. And go do what you got to do. Go write your goddamn ticket and come on back here." But you know, because it was it was it was ugly. It was yeah. rude, and it, it was not something he needed to do. And I shouldn't have reacted that way either. But but uh, yeah, I, well, you I saw actually, that you saw that little pretty, crack of an opening. That's all you were concerned with. Well, so and that's what I'm talking about. That's community policing. Yeah. There's a way that that could have been handled where he pulls up and said, he's in a jam. I'm going to let him out of there and let him go ahead and go. How about if I stop the traffic for you so you can get out of here? So he makes a friend instead of an enemy. I used to tell him all the time, do not tell people how to drive a freaking car. That's not your job. That you, you're not a, you're not, you don't teach how to people how to drive cars. If he did something wrong, say, sir, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. Yeah. But don't preach to people. Yeah. Nobody wants to be yelled at. Yeah. And, and I told them, you know, I'd call me. They'd get a complaint against being rude to somebody they stopped. I'd say, explain to me what you did. Of course, the story's all. Well, you know, he, I said, no, tell me what you did. I don't give a damn what he did. Tell me what you did. And if you walk up to that car and, and automatically I found and if you address somebody in it respectfully, you do, you deflate everything, that's sir. And that's that's what I'm talking what, what, about. What's going on here? Yeah. He's already. But if you walk up and say, "Hey, you son of a bitch, what are you freaking <laughs> doing? What are you gonna do? Whoa, uh oh!" And you start cussing him. You created an uh, an adversary confrontation between two people that should have never happened. That's right. And, so and, that's what I call so you know, police. You know okay. what's going on in the world outside of there. I mean, and, and I get it. Um, that I don't think he was threatened. No, look, I don't think he was threatened by me by any means. That, look, there's. That's just we call some of these people badge heavy, and that's what they are. They but, they have the ability. But, to and, and I say that story. People. I'm gonna give you. A, I'll give you a story of just the opposite. Uh, 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 my son is a. I think he was a senior. And he goes at one of these balls, okay? Yeah, yeah. And he um, drinks when he shouldn't have. And I think we've all been there. Well, okay. <laughs> and so he he gets uh, uh, he's in the lobby or whatever, and he, he and his buddies are boisterous or whatever. Uh, the hotel calls the cops. The cops come in. My son bolts for the elevator. Well, the cops catch him and you know they they bring him downtown they don't arrest him or anything and i you know i go down there and pick him up and he gets more from me than them but which is where it ought to be the difference is of course i you know i had him call the cops to apologize but the cop comes to the house and sits down with him and counsels him of how it could have been when he took off 
he said, you know, somebody might have tased you or anything. You know, and and that was that was a cop that was community policing, and he because he sat That's down it. with my son and he educated him. Go which look which, at which one was that? Because I may want to ride him. <laughs> go, go look at his record, and I bet it's like this. It probably is. I, because I didn't, he probably I didn't, and I didn't, that's the way uh, he handles all his yeah, business. And, and I didn't because he. Uh, you know, and then you, I, you so, see, but here's another issue that y'all have never thought about is that, and I talked, I talked to people when I was chief police more about traffic issues than anything else, and how people treat them, whether you believe that or not. Everybody hates to be stopped by the police, and they hate to be. Uh, you know, they they hate to be told what to do, and you know, he, it, you know. There's a policeman driving 300 miles an hour on the interstate today, and he gave me a damn ticket last week. And I, I understand. But here's the, the reality of it is we only get about one-tenth of the actual complaints because people are scared to do it. Yeah. They frill. I say, you need to come in here and do a complaint right now. They say, no, they're going to have my name, and they're going to seek me out. Well, that doesn't happen, but right. you can't erase that from these people. They no. think it's going. There's going to be retribution. He, all his buddies are going to come screw with me now. That's what they think. I mean, <laughs> look, it, I, it, 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 people get scared, so we don't have real numbers on complaints yeah. because of that. I, I, I can tell you a quick story with me, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, again, we'll let both of you talk. But kind of long lines you're talking about, Michael, was I was going down Nicholson, coming home one day, and. The old radar gun, there's three of them out there, you know, and I'm actually moved to the left lane, and I'm trying to get around. Well, hell, they got me, you know, pull my ass over, and, you know, right, uh, you know, let me see license, insurance, the whole bit, give it to them, and, he, and you know, he gives me a ticket. So I'm driving off, and I look at the ticket, and I said, son of a bitch, he's not right. And so I turned around, and I went back, and I said, excuse me, you know, like he's getting real defensive at that point. What the hell are you doing back here? And I said, look, you gave me a ticket. You're saying that I was doing 45 and a, and a 35 and a 30. I said it's actually a 40 mile an hour zone. I was still speeding. You want to give me the ticket? That's okay. But he goes, God damn, you may be right. So they went and looked. I took him down, showed him where it was 40 miles an hour. Still got the ticket. I'm okay with that. But I wanted to let him know you probably wrote a couple of people that may have been actually under the speed limit, and you gave them tickets anyway, you know. But at least he recognized. First, he was very defensive. Well, right. why the hell am I pulling Not up? Not very good police work. Well, no, no. I'm like, man. Wash your sides. Yeah. Well, so, all right, anyway, let's let's uh, kind of wrap this up. Um, really, with, with Michael, you've been in the news lately about trying to resurrect. You said you have now A6 here in Baton Rouge. And, and, and tell me what your goal is, or tell us what your goal is there. What are you trying to look at and do? And Wow. I'm not sure we have a goal. Um, we just want to get things done, get things accomplished. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking, uh, which is good. The community, uh, people are talking back and forth, good, bad, or indifferent, ugly talk, small talk, aggressive talk. But we need to do some things. And so um, the model that we have is projects, uh, ideas, you know, ideas to projects. People bring up ideas, and we create a project. And the reality is we don't choose which projects are successful or which projects go forward. It's a matter of who's interested in it. And if people have interest in it, then they make it happen. And so that's – and we then put it out to the community. We, we were successful, um, you know, in I guess it was 03, 05. I, we, we came back from Austin and we were young and, and um, decided to try to make – and we, we made some things happen. And, and really we want to try and get the younger people involved. We don't want to – it by any means and so we've got now 
uh, 30 what we call volunteer project leaders that we've trained. And uh, we have uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 projects that have been submitted to the website. And uh, so go to a6batonrouge.org, submit an idea. Um, and then uh, if, if people are interested in it, the project leader will say, hey, I'll take that. And, they'll, and then other people will open it up That's to great. the community. So, so uh, hopefully we'll get some things done. Again, if my daughter hadn't uh, joined that yet, you need to get old Jamie on board. I think she would be a she'd be a great one for that. Uh, She she doesn't have the time, obviously, but she she's involved. (laughs) She gets involved in that. Then I guess Pat with with Caleb, I I know about it. Uh, Attended a couple of functions. It's a great cause that you're doing. Um, You know, it's been around for a while, and and, and so you want to just tell us real quickly about Caleb. This is a week of uh, the seventeenth. Tomorrow actually is the seventeenth when it happened uh, four That's years right. ago. Uh, tomorrow, uh, when those officers were shot and killed and those wounded on airline highway at Benny's, and we found out at that point that those guys had protection vest on, but it wasn't adequate for what was happening that day. And and since then we've learned so much about vests. Rifles are now being used instead of handguns by most criminals. So. This thing has just evolved over time. I mean, when I was policing, handguns were the things that everybody used. But now, uh, you know, there's the old adage, you don't bring a a knife to a gunfight. Well, now we say you don't bring a handgun to a rifle fight because that's what everybody's using. It's crazy. They say you can go to these gun stores and they're buying these AR-15s and stuff just by the case fulls right now. So... Uh, that all led us to where we are today. We've given out probably about almost 2,500 vests now. To, wow. That's uh, almost every agency in the, in the Baton Rouge area, Southern University Police, LSU Police, BRPD, Sheriff's Office, Baker, Zachary, you name it, we've given vests to them. But it, it's a grassroots organization, and we, we, you know, we've, we've been very lucky to, to have the people that, that help us along with this because everything comes from the community. I've got a little boy that's seven years old. He, uh, he, he on Facebook you can do your birthday for a fun fundraiser. And today I saw him put his thing. He did it oh, for man. Caleb today. That's and awesome. uh, he's a, I know the little, the young man and he's very uh, he's a very good kid and uh, and so we have a lot of that. So we're very involved with the community. It's it's community oriented uh, and and and. What's better than the community getting involved with police and, and having that interaction? Right. I mean, yeah. we need that. We gave these guys a vest, you know, and, and the guy make the guy go back to the guy and say, "Look, thank y'all." You know, we have that. It's it's communicating again, which is important. And uh, so that's you know, and, and it's it's been tough this year because of COVID. Yeah. And, yeah. Everything else that's gone on. I mean, I but it, it's it's a great cause, no yeah, doubt is. about it. I mean, I remember when when one of the functions that we went to, I ended up uh, buying a dinner uh, at one of the restaurants, and I think it was a dinner for ten. And I went to you and said, "Look, I don't want to take people that work for Petron. I don't want to take family. I don't want to take friends. I want to take I want to take the cops to you dinner." Did. And so, yeah. I had I said, "You you pick them, you bring them." Um, and, and so I think we had, we had some great dinner. We had our own private room and, and sat there and got, you know, and it let me see a little bit of the, of the inner and, side. And, and that's of a great way to, you know, that's a great way to get together with these guys and, and understand what they're feeling sometimes because 
we don't always understand what's going through these I guys' minds anymore, you know. And just appreciate them. I yeah. mean, I think we got to appreciate it. So, well, look, yeah. I, I truly appreciate both of you coming on and taking the time Enjoyed and uh, looking forward to it, you know, maybe coming back on and talking about uh, successes in your other endeavors. And so, look, folks, if you uh, if you like this podcast, you like this episode, please uh, – Please let others know. And if you have any comments or questions, I'd love to hear from you. So my email is thefreemanreport2 at gmail.com, thefreemanreport2 at gmail.com. And look, until next time, be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. Very good. Enjoyed it.